What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are you? How the hell have you been? It has been a while. Feels like it at least. Feels like it's been quite some time since we've been in these uh, in these parts. In these parts here. How are you doing? How are you? How has your week been? Obviously, we've been off for several days. I had COVID, was not doing some shows, and uh, finally kind of feeling a little bit better, you know? Back on the right track, as they say. I actually felt pretty decent yesterday, and then today, I don't know, I got like a little headache thing going on. Either way, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm back, I, you know, at least uh, enough to do some shows, and I get this thing back off the ground. So, what's going on? How have you all been? Sorry we were gone for a few days, but uh, COVID called. We're feeling better. And uh, we've got a lot to go over. So on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, the record from the last weekend. The last show we did was, what, last Friday? Gave out eight picks for the weekend. We'll go over those. I also want to talk about household. Household is something that we've talked about before on this show, but it's worth repeating as we enter uh, NFL college football, the meat of these seasons, and really understanding the difference between minus 105, minus 110, minus 120, and why that's so important. And uh, we'll actually wrap up today's show by talking a little game theory. Uh, Some of you are in survivor contests, survivor pools, and we'll talk about game theory in general. Um, I've studied game theory a lot, and I mean, we probably won't go too into detail. Maybe that's for a different show, a whole show about game theory. But uh, anyway, we've got a lot to get into. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Remember, Thrive Fantasy is the place you want to go. Everyone always asks, hey, how can I help the show? How can I, you know, do you have a Patreon? Do you have this? It's like, no, we don't do everything's free on here. All we ask is that you support our sponsors. And uh, Thrive Fantasy, great friend of the show. What they do is they take... uh, player prop betting to the next level. So they offer a couple different things. They offer daily fantasy style contests, like DFS contests, right? Like DraftKings FanDuel, but you build a lineup with player props. So that's fun. They also have player prop parlays that have the best payouts in the entire industry. So it's worth checking out Thrive Fantasy. And uh, when you sign up, put in promo code SBD, that's SBD for Sports Betting Daily, and uh, you're going to get a deposit match up to 100 bucks, which is always nice. So sports or uh, Thrive Fantasy, promo code SBD. Uh, have a lot more fun betting player props today. All right, so let's start off with the record from last weekend. We gave out eight picks last Friday, and uh, we ended up going 5-3 and three on the weekend. We had a 3-1 and one college football Saturday, a 2-2 two and two NFL Sunday. Uh, Minnesota won for us. We also had... Uh, uh, we had, Min- oh God, what was the other NFL game we gave out? Minnesota and, because the teaser was mini Dallas. And then we also had um, Pittsburgh plus, uh, so, well, I gave out Pittsburgh plus six and a half. That's exactly why we do asymmetric risk. We gave out Pitt plus six and a half, but said, hey, wait till it goes to seven. If it goes to seven, take seven. If it goes to six, take six. And uh, Pittsburgh ticked to seven the next morning. So uh, we had that, that cashed. Uh, Arizona. That was one of my favorite picks of the weekend. The Cardinals plus six and a half against Pittsburgh. That did, or against Kansas City. That did not come in. My goodness. So two and two on Sunday. Uh, the three and one college ball Saturday. Look, for those of you sending me the DMs about Baylor, it's so funny how a lot of people out there ignore the close winners and bitch about the close losses. You know, Baylor was plus three, and they had like a ninety percent chance to cover at least plus uh, the plus three at the end of the game. And it doesn't matter because you know. I did get a DM. It's like, Tyler, can you believe that? We got screwed. We had Baylor. It's like, yeah, well, look at the Tennessee game. We had Tennessee minus five and a half. They covered in overtime. <laughs> you know, no one's, no one's the enemy. Boy, we got lucky there, right? Everyone takes their wins, ignores them. And then, you know, thinks, oh, well, there we go. I should have won. And then the losses, the close losses, ah, bad beat, bad beat, bad beat. It's like, it goes both ways. Chill out. It's going to go for you half the time. It's going to go against you half the time. 
That doesn't mean that half the time it's going against you. It's a bad beat. But uh, overall, 5-3 and three on the weekend. We're sure to have some picks coming up this weekend. A lot going on. Champions League, Premier League's back, football. And uh, folks, we're about three weeks away from hockey. So for those who've been listening to the show, hockey is my go-to. It's my most profitable sport. So we're getting closer and closer to that. All right, let's move on to household. Household is one of the most important things or concepts to understand when betting sports. The household is everything when it comes to being a profitable long-term better because household breaks down what it takes to really win or lose. Now, let's go into detail about what household is. The household is essentially, I mean, I don't have a, a definition in front of me, but it's the buffer that any sports book builds in to guarantee they're going to win long-term. That's the best way to think about it in layman's terms. Now, household is a very specific number. We can calculate the household for every bet we make. Now, first off, let's just focus on minus 110 because that's the most classic bet, NFL, college football, NBA, minus 110, okay? That's what you guys are all, you you know, a lot of you out there are used to betting that, right? So let's focus on minus 110. What that represents is a household of 4.76%. Now, here's how you get that. And we'll talk about why this is important in just a second. But you get that number by adding up both sides of any given bet. Now, we're not going to focus on the spread. We're focusing on the price, right? The minus 110. Let's use a hypothetical game. Green Bay minus two and a half against Denver, okay? Green Bay is minus two and a half, minus 110. The Denver Broncos are plus two and a half, minus 110. So what we do to calculate the household is just take both minus 110s, find the break-even percentage, and add them up. So what I want everyone to do, go online, and usually I actually give out a different website for this. We're going to give a new website out today for the odds converter. I want you to type into Google odds converter action network. And the reason we're going to use the action network odds converter is because it's more specific. It goes into the hundredth place and we need to be a little bit more detailed for math for this show. So go to the ASA or the uh, odds converter on action network and where it says American odds, type in minus 110 and you'll see under the implied odds, it represents 52.38, okay? That's a percentage. What that means is if you bet, if you make a bet at minus 110, whatever event you're betting on, whether it's a coin flip or the national anthem or the, or the, the Green Bay Packers minus two and a half, you need that event to happen over 52.38% of the time for it to be profitable. That's what those numbers mean. That's what that represents, okay? What the sports book is offering you generally when you bet minus 110 is a proposition they think will happen half the time. And the coin flip for the for the Super Bowl is a perfect example of this. This is a quintessential 50-50 proposition where a lot of sports books charge minus 110, right? Heads is going to hit half the time. Tails is going to hit half the time. But if you bet heads, you need it to hit 52.4% or more to be profitable, which it won't. And same thing for tails. That's why it's a bad bet, okay? So as a sports better, every time we make a minus 110 bet, that's us saying, Okay, I think that event, aka Green Bay minus two and a half, happens more than 52.4, ideally closer to 53 or more percent of the time. That's what those numbers mean. And to calculate the household, all you do is add up both sides of the bet. So the classic bet is going to be minus 110 for team A, minus 110 for team B. Okay, this happens in football, basketball. We understand this. So all you do is go to the odds converter for Action Network, type in whatever the price is. Let's say it's minus 110. You'll get 52.38%, and they go to the next team, minus 110, right? Team A and Team B, and we just add up add up the implied percentages. So for Green Bay, minus 110, it's 52.38%. 
And for Denver, plus two and a half, minus 110, 52.38%. That means for that given bet, the household is 52.38% plus 52.38%. That's it. That's as easy as it is. It's a very easy calculation. Now that equals 104.76%. However many numbers over 100 we get, that's the household. So if we get the answer of 104.76%, that means the household is 4.76%. So why is this important? Why do we need to know the household, right? It's like, so what do I care? I just want to bet the Packers, the Broncos and move on with my day. Why do I need to know the household? Well, the household is important because the bigger the household, the harder it will be for us to win long-term. And on the other side, the lower the household or the closer we can get it to zero household, the more likely we will win or at least not lose long-term, right? If you can find a true bet that is 0% household, it would look like this. Green Bay Packers, minus two and a half, minus 110. Denver Broncos, minus two and a half, plus 110. See, that's a zero-sum bet. That's, or excuse me, a zero-hold bet. There is no hold. Plus 110 and minus 110. Go right now to the uh, odds converter on the Action Network. Type in minus 110 type in plus 110. What you'll see is it adds up to exactly 100%. So that's why hold is so important. The closer you can get it to a 0% household or no household, what you're doing effectively is creating a situation where you're not going to lose in the long run. Now, let's get back in the real world because holds are built in, holds are everywhere, everywhere, and holds are just a part of sports books, okay? So now that we're aware of holds, we can identify how, how high or low a hold is. And this is everything with being a good sports better. You have to be able to identify high holds or low holds if you're going to identify good bets or bad bets. So theoretically, or not theoretically, you, you do need, ideally you do need both sides of any given bet to calculate the hold. That's why it's such a sucker bet to make those bets like, uh, you know, the, the bets that only have a yes You'll see that sometimes at the Super Bowl. Will aliens land on the field? Yes. Uh, you know, it's like a million to one or something like that. I'm like, okay, can I see the other, you know, or 100,000 to one? I go, can I see the other side of the bet to calculate the household? Because I'd like to take the no there, right? So when you only have one side of a bet, that's a good indication sportsbooks are trying to screw you with the high household. But we can calculate household now that we know both sides of any given bet, right? So this is good at identifying the difference between minus 110 minus 115, minus 120, because a lot of you out there aren't very price sensitive. A lot of you out there may say, yeah, I like uh, Green Bay minus two and a half and it's minus 110, right? But you wait until Sunday and the line moves to Green Bay minus two and a half, minus 115. Most of you out there, I bet 98% of my audience would say, yeah, who cares? I'm just still going to make the bet, right? But there's a big difference between minus 110 and minus 115. Now let's put to practice what we just learned. Let's add up both sides of a minus 115 bet. That's 53.49 plus 53.49. That equals 106.98. So look what that did. By increasing from minus 110 to minus 115, the household has gone up from 4.76% to 6.98%. And your bet individually, now you need Green Bay not to win that bet 52.4% of the time. You need them to win that bet 53.5% of the time. And that may not seem like a import, a huge number. That's only 1%, Tyler. Who cares? It's a percent. Just to, just to quantify how important that is, that 1% edge is, 
that is double the edge that a blackjack uh, table has over you if you play perfect strategy. Blackjack tables are responsible for re- for generating millions and millions in revenue every year at casinos. And they operate with an edge of about 0.5%. That's nothing. But mathematically, look, math always wins. So it doesn't matter whether the edge is 0.2%, 0.5%, or 1%. You know, theoretically, you're going to... That's, that's exactly what I do. Every bet I make, I have the edge. Okay? Long term, I'm going to win. Am I going to have some bad days, bad nights? Yes. But long term, we know we're going to win. That's how blackjack works. It's a 0.5% house edge. They're going to have some bad nights. But does the pit boss run over and shut it down? Ah, this table's cold. No, he knows it's going to come back even if they have a bad night of blackjack. So the household for blackjack, 0.5%. What you just did by saying, you know what? Minus 110 doesn't matter. I'll take minus 115. You've just made it that 1% harder on yourself, which is effectively 200% of the of the disadvantage that you're accepting by playing that over blackjack. So... This may seem trivial. This may not seem like a big deal, but let's do minus 120. Okay, minus 120, 54.55% for each one. We added up to 109.1. So the household is now <laughs> doubled, right? The household for minus 110, 4.76%. The household for minus 120, 9.1%. Good fucking luck beating a 9.1% household over and over. Let me tell you this much. I've been doing this professionally for six years. If the industry colluded and came together and BetMGM, DraftKings, and all these places said, you know what, let's all charge minus 120. They don't care. What are they going to do? All it's going to do is price out the professionals. Everyone else is going to keep betting. That's probably true, and that'd probably knock me out of this job. Now, you, a lot of you are saying, what are you talking about, Tyler? You know, minus 120, you can't beat minus 120? These margins are thin, folks. Sports betting consistently, profitably for a long time is not easy. And when you just willy-nilly take these lines, minus 120, you don't understand how hard it is to win when you're giving up that kind of a vig, that kind of an edge, just by not shopping around, by not doing more homework and looking elsewhere to make these bets. And you may not think that these numbers mean a lot. Again, it may seem trivial to you, but your break-even percentage for minus 110, 52.4%, right? Or at least that's your profit percentage. Minus 120, that goes up to 54.6%. I mean, we're talking of over, over a 2% increase. Now you compare it to blackjack, that's like 450% that we are now, you know, that we have a worse chance of that than blackjack. And it, the whole blackjack thing is just to put in perspective how important a half percent edge, how important a half percent edge is, how important a percent edge is. So I know we're kind of getting off into some weeds here. We're not trying to keep, make this difficult, but calculating the household is so important because that identifies good bets. The lower the household, the more ide- the, the I, you know, the less we're going to lose. I don't want to say the more we're going to win, but the less we're going to lose. That's why great friend of the show, uh, betteredge.com, they actually offer vig free betting. I know it sounds like it's 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 uh, fantasy land. It kind of was at first for me when I learned about it. Now there's differences. It's not like a normal sports book. It's completely different. It's more of like a social media platform where you can legally make bets. But if you want to try betting vig free, just uh, go to betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge, E-D-G-E, right? Betteredge.com, uh, and the better is like sports better. And then when you sign up, put in promo code SBD, and with that promo code, they'll just give you a free 20 bucks. You don't even have to deposit. So use that free $20 
and see if you like betting VIG free. I guarantee you're going to love it. BetterEdge.com, promo code SBD. But this is so important because if you can synthesize, and this is our, our last point of, of this, if you can synthesize a 0% household, you can be betting out there. It doesn't matter if you have another job. You can bet risk-free. right? Have a hunch about a bullpen or a starting pitcher. Fine, make the bet. It's a risk-free bet. And we do this by either shopping at Better Edge or comparing sports books against themselves. And you'll see this sometimes like in baseball where there's money lines that are close together. Let's say on one sports book, it's a uh, uh, minus 115, minus 105. Right. And on the other sports books, it's flipped. Team A is minus 105. Team B is minus 115. Well, what you'll see is if you compare Team A on the second website to Team B on the first website, both are minus 105. You see what we're doing is we're creating a lower household by using different sports books. And you may say, well, it doesn't matter, Tyler. It's a different sports book. What does it matter for the math? Well, that comes down to, you know, it does matter because the fact of it being available changes everything for our outcome. And it's more of a math theory type of question. But, you know, it, the, the answer is, the, the, the right answer is, it does impact us, even though it's on different sports books. So household is important because the higher the household, the harder it is to win and the more cushion the, the house has for long term. All right. Um, I hope that wasn't too much. It, you know, We can maybe do a, a deeper dive on that on, on a different show coming up. It's my first day back after COVID. Probably don't want to do an hour long show. But you know, I think we went over the important stuff there. What household is how to calculate it, you know, given both sides and the lower the household, the better it is for us. Uh, let's move on. Let, let's wrap up today's uh, podcast by talking about game theory. Um, I'm in three survivor contests this year, still all three alive, you know, knock, knock. Um, but uh, it's important to know game theory. If you're going to play survivor because game theory is, is super, super important for identifying the right bets to make. Most people in survivor contests try and do one thing, survive. And that's actually not the right approach. Now you may think, and you may say, Tyler, it's called survivor contest. Of course we want to survive one week to the next. Okay. That's my stupid person voice. But um, obviously that's the, the point. But for everyone who took the, you know, uh, Baltimore Ravens last week, or even, you know, Indy, something like that, um, you wasted a good team who's going to have other opportunities, okay? Two of my three survivor contests last week, I took the Washington Commanders. It was purely a game theory point, right? That You have to answer every week if you're in a survivor contest. Do you want to survive that week or do you want to try and win the contest? And most people who try and survive every week, they're going to get knocked out after eight, nine weeks because they're going to be left in the dust because they're not thinking about the future. They're just thinking about this week surviving. If you want to survive long-term and win these things, Every single week has to be about game theory. Now, we're going to use a different show to go into game theory. We're almost 20 minutes for this show. I'm going to get out of here soon. But game theory is super, super important. And I've spent a ton of my uh, you know, last couple of years, especially in academia, studying this. Now, for those who don't know, I studied uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning at, at MIT. I've got my certificate in AIML from there. Uh, I went to their IDSS program. Um, I mean, I learned a lot at MIT. And a big part of what I did for you know some projects was game theory type stuff because game theory is actually very prevalent in AI these days, artificial intelligence. But I use <laughs> I use it of course to you know predict football games. But the idea is game theory is everywhere around us, especially in these survivor type contests. But most people simply don't understand game theory or don't apply it. That's why they're going to fall to the wayside. So 
instead of talking about the exact game theory for Survivor on today's show, because it's so complex, there's so many different ways to approach it. I will do that as we're giving Survivor picks the next couple of weeks, talk about why we're doing this. But today I'm going to give an example of game theory and give an example as to why it's so goddamn confusing for people who don't regularly do math. Okay, what I want you all to do is go online, go type into Google, Monty Hall problem. It's called the Monty Hall problem. And what you'll see is it's a, it's a classic conundrum. It's a game theory idea of probability and statistics. And here's the game. You're on a game show and there are three doors. Behind one door is you know a great prize. It's, it's either like a pile of cash or a sports car, whatever. Let's say it's like a, a million dollars, okay? So behind one door is a million dollars and there's three doors total. Behind the other two doors there's going to be a goat. Okay. So one door has a million dollars door. Another door has a goat and, and the third door has a goat. Okay. So you randomly pick one door. What the Monty Hall problem then does is the host of the show, Monty Hall. Okay. Well, he will then reveal the goat in one of the other two doors. The key to this whole problem is Monty Hall or the, the, the host of the show knows where the pile of cash is and where the goats are. So he's always going to, he or she, or whatever, (laughs) it's 2022, they're always going to show you the goat, okay? So let's say you pick door one. Then Monty Hall or the host is going to show you either door two or door three. Now we know he's going to show us the goat. So the Monty Hall problem comes down to, do you switch or do you stick with your initial opinion? Most people say, I'm going to stick because it's still a 50-50 proposition. I knew I had a one in three chance, and now I know I have a one in two chance. And this is actually incorrect. What you should always do in the Monty Hall problem is switch doors. You should always go with the door the host did not open for you. And the reason for this, mathematically, game theory-wise, is clear. It's because before you could pick the doors, you had a two-thirds chance of picking the goat, right? Two out of three doors had the goat behind it. Now, because the host was forced to show you one of the doors with a goat in it, what they're essentially doing is because the probability before before anything was revealed is two out of three, we now know that two out of three times, if we switch, we're going to get it right. The host is telling us this goat This is where the goat is. Therefore, the money's going to be behind the door I didn't open two out of three times. Now, if this doesn't make sense to you, you're not alone. This doesn't make sense to anybody. It seems like everybody who comes across the money hall problem takes at least some time for this to digest and for them to understand it. Hell, some people still don't even understand it. I'm sure I will get one DM saying this is wrong. (laughs) Tyler, you're wrong. It's still 50-50. It's a very difficult thing to wrap your head around. But mathematically, it's factual. You always want to switch. Okay, so this is just one example of the of game theory and how the average person, it goes way over their heads because they're not playing the same game. So if I'm in a survivor contest with you and you're not playing by these same game theory rules, it's only a matter of time till I'm going to beat you in this contest, right? That's why game theory is so important for things like this, for contests like this. And this applies for these big daily fantasy contests too. Right? Game theory is everywhere around us. Knowing how to apply it is so important for winning these kind of contests and things like that. So, all right, that's it for today's show. What is that? 22, 23 minutes. Not too bad. Back on the right track. All right, so uh, tomorrow is... What's today? Today is Wednesday. Tomorrow, 
we're obviously off the uh, kind of the schedule for the week at this point. So I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe some handicapping. Maybe get back some football. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Get ready for a big weekend. Until then, good luck whatever you have going. Hope you catch some winners. This has been Sports Betting Daily.